Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Naughty Mop Podcast. I'm Jamie and this week I'm joined by vegan activist and founder of the Animal Liberation Front, Ronnie Lee. We cover all sorts in this episode from hunt sabs to how the ALF got started and Ronnie's new book as well. But first I want to take a second to apologise about the wait for this episode. I promoted it a while ago that the episode would be out but never got around to uploading it. I've had some shitty stuff and gone through some big life changes so I've had to take a little break. Uh, so this is me getting around to getting more episodes out. I've already got other episodes already recorded so there will be more coming. Um, but I appreciate you sticking with it and taking the time to download this episode and continue to support the podcast. So I mentioned on the last podcast about an event happening in Scotland next year which is V in the Park which is Scotland's first outdoor vegan camping festival. So I'm going to play the audio from their promotional video for the festival and then we'll jump right into the episode. Fina Park have an Indiegogo page where you can get tickets and also check them out on Facebook and Instagram and if you're looking to find a guest online or contact myself as always just stick around at the end of the episode for that information. Scotland is home to one of the biggest and proudest vegan communities in the UK. There are plenty of thriving vegan businesses in our towns and cities. But now, for the first time ever, we want to bring them together in Scotland's stunning countryside. I'm Caitlin. I'm Dee. And we're the organisers of Scotland's very first Be in the Park. A brand new festival on the beautiful Cardross Estate from the 6th to the 9th of July 2018. So we've been inspired by events like UK Vegan Campit and we wondered why there was nothing like this in Scotland and now we're finally making it happen. We are so proud to be part of the amazing vegan community here and we want to give something back. This event isn't just for vegans. We want to take this opportunity to show people who might know nothing about veganism how amazing our food can be. And it's not just about the foods. So we do love food. There'll be talks from inspirational speakers, the fun-filled family activities throughout the weekend and there'll be live music as well. We're hoping to raise £15,000 in startup funds to get this show on the road. If we reach 70% of our target, the event will go ahead. But the more you can give us, the bigger and better our festival will be. If you donate, this is what you'll get in return. £25 will get you an early bird ticket. That's £5 off the full festival price. For £45, you receive a VIP package, which includes a goodie bag, a t-shirt and early campsite access but there's only 50 of these available, so get them quick. We'd love to hear your suggestions for what you would like to see at the festival, so please do email us. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to see you in 2018. One, two, Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Naughty Mop Podcast. This week I'm joined by vegan activist and founder of the Animal Liberation Front, Ronnie Lee. Ronnie, thanks so much for coming on the show. No problem at all. I'm, I'm pleased to be on here. That's great. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, a lot of people know who you are and you've inspired so many people to go vegan. Uh, for, but for the people who might not know, do you mind giving us an introduction of who you are and what you do? 
Well, I'm probably best known for being one of the founders of the Animal Liberation Front, which was many years ago, back in the early 70s. And I was active in the in the ALF for many years and ended up spending quite a considerable amount of time in prison for animal liberation activities. But more recently, I've got very much into vegan outreach, and I, 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 I very much believe that's the, the, the way forward for the animal liberation movement uh, for us to promote veganism. And so that's 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 my main focus now. Yeah, great. And uh, a lot to discuss with you um, from your involvement with uh, the ALF and your, your new book as well. Uh, but I thought it would be best to kind of start at the start of your vegan journey. Um, I know you've been vegan for a long time, but how long long has it been now and how did veganism come about for you? Well it's, it's actually over 45 years that I've been vegan. Um, I started off becoming a vegetarian and how I became a vegetarian um, which would have been way back in I think that was that that was once again in the in the in in the early in the early 70s in fact I think that may have been 1969 when I became yeah, a vegetarian. Wow. It was through my sister's um, first husband when, when, when she first met him um i was very curious because he, he was a he was a vegetarian and uh, my mum didn't like it at all because she thought he was a crank being a vegetarian <laughs> I, I didn't i'd never heard much about vegetarianism i was curious and i you know i, I kind of spoke to my sister and him about the reasons for, for him being vegetarian and he said it was because he he believed it was wrong for animals to be killed for food because it was unnecessary and he'd been a vegetarian of for quite a few years he was also a very good athlete he represented the county as a junior athlete and i thought well here's this guy he's really fit and healthy he's been vegetarian for years um so so what excuse do i have um not to be vegetarian in fact i was a really big meat eater i was one of these people that kind of sucked my mouth bones and yeah. bacon rind and all that kind of thing so um it it, it was kind of quite hard for me at first to get round uh, my head around the idea that of going vegetarian but it kind of only took me about three days of kind of soul searching really before i decided i i had to go vegetarian and so i, be, I you know I, I went vegetarian and my sister did as well at the same time which was good but i of course i, I wasn't at all aware of um the slaughter and suffering caused by the dairy and meat industries and um, and so it, it was another two years before I found out about that, and that was through um, I, um, I I went into a, a health food shop and picked up a copy of a the Vegetarian Society's uh, newsletter, and uh, there was um, an article in there from the Vegan Society about veganism. I read it. I was horrified <laughs> <laughs> about what happened to the the chicks and the hens and cows and calves. And so I decided, you know, I've got to go vegan now. And I sent away to the vegan site for information. And within within just a couple of weeks, I'd become I'd become vegan. Yeah. And uh, how did how does your 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 family like feel at that at that time? Because it was even just now, a lot of people are, aren't aware of what veganism is, and a lot of people younger people have trouble going vegan if they're living in the same house as their as their family. Uh, but what was it like back then? Because it was even obviously less information and less knowledge about uh, veganism and vegetarianism at that time. Well, it was kind of difficult enough being a vegetarian. As soon yeah. as my sister and I announced to my mum, my dad kind of 
he wasn't really too bothered as long as he could watch the telly. <laughs> but but my mum, she she was kind of more the disciplinarian in our family. And 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 when my sister and I announced to her that we'd gone vegetarian, she told us to go and go in the garden and eat the grass because it needed cutting. <laughs> <laughs> but she she kind of we were both living at home and uh, um, with our parents and my mum would make us the you know make us a vegetarian um dish to go with our potatoes and vegetables uh, but, but that was that always really contained animal products it was an omelette or a yeah. um a, a, a cheese and onion pie or, or or something like that you know it was it wasn't free of animal products and when i said that i was going to become vegan or that i was becoming vegan my mum just said well I, i'm not i'm not having anything to do with that i'm not going to cook that and um she said I'd be dead within a year. <laughs> you see, and yeah. uh, she, she was very worried because, uh, of course, it was like the, the traditional. Really, p- people thought that that meat or at least animal products were necessary for survival. I think in yeah. those days, my mum certainly believed that. And so, I what happened was I um, I I made my own vegan savory uh to, to to go with the rest of the dinner and i got my own little enamel pot and i used to cook it up on the stove and in in those days um you couldn't get any of the um the imitation meat or or or, or cheeses like you can now yeah uh or, or hardly any what was around was pretty was pretty horrible it was it was you know there were very few of those products and so i used to i used to make my own food from basic ingredients you know i'd soak up um chickpeas and and cook them or cook lentils or you know make a savory from basic ingredients and have it cooking in my enamel pot and i'd been doing this for about 10 days leaving it on the stove to cook and um, one day i walked in the kitchen and my mum was breaking an egg into the pot <laughs> <laughs> and i said mum what are you doing you, you know please don't do that I'm, I'm a vegan i don't eat eggs and she turned around and said to me, I'm keeping you alive. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, look, I don't want you to do it. You know, please don't. She said, all right, I won't do it anymore. And if you die, you die. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think she did it any, anymore after that. At least I hope yeah. not. Um, but no, I mean, um, my parents weren't weren't very happy with me being vegan and and they were even less happy when i got involved with the hunt sabs and started going out sabbing and got involved in demonstrating and stuff like that and um you know eventually got involved in the anf which they they were even less happy about (laughs) so so it was i mean it was it it, it wasn't it wasn't easy and um uh, and i think yes i think that, that 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 was more difficult really i suppose the social aspect of it even in those days was more difficult than the food as- aspect because yeah. of course it was it, it was much harder in those days to um to eat out for instance uh, and i remember um uh, where i was working at the time i was working in um uh, in a solicitor's office that was my first job after leaving school and uh, some, sometimes um we'd go out for a meal you know people in the office go out for a meal and and I'd go and, and I'd find myself having to leave the restaurant because there was nothing yeah. at all that I could eat. They just 
didn't cater for vegans at all you see so so there was that and of course that's not um that doesn't arise today i mean almost everywhere there are vegan options or they all they'll, they'll they'll cook a vegan option yeah, so that's exactly. not really the case now but in those days it, it was very much so and it was it's much more difficult to eat out um in terms of the food of course um often when people talk about vegan food they refer they they, they refer to the kind of substitutes for um for meat and cheese and and those things but in, in actual fact you know vegan food's been around for millions of years because it's all the vegetables and all the nuts and all the lentils so there's loads of vegan food so 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 actually obtaining vegan food in in that sense was just as easy as it is today if if you didn't mind preparing things from basic ingredients but certainly there was a lot less of the um of of the substitute stuff in those days um so in that sense it was it was probably a bit harder to um you know to to, to get the food if, if if that's the sort of stuff people want but yeah. uh, in terms of it was eating out that was 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 more difficult and, and i think also the fact that veganism wasn't wasn't really as well known amongst the public and people didn't didn't understand what it was and so and 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 you know didn't at all understand the reasons for it so it was kind of more difficult um you know in a social situation to uh, to say that you were a vegan yeah. because first of all people you had to explain what that was and secondly um people weren't as aware i think people are, are more aware of animal suffering these days than they are than they are then um and and so that that was that was more difficult as well but i think it's the same today i think it's you know it's more the social aspect of it yes that that i would say is more difficult for people rather than the food aspect because food aspect of it is becoming increasingly easier now yeah it's extremely easy to be be vegan just now it's like it seems to be like the, the the best time to be vegan at the moment um obviously we're talking about like the the family issues there uh the people people do tend to like have a tough time getting their family on board with veganism uh, and but then they can speak to a complete stranger then they uh, they completely understand where they're coming from and and then they they can even make changes in their life then become vegan but family seems to be the kind of hardest ones for people to kind of get them to go vegan Uh, why do you think that is i think it's because because probably those people know you too well you see yeah and and it's kind of um They'll they'll take more more notice of a stranger that they don't that they that they don't know as well. It 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 is it is rather odd. I mean, of course, a lot of people have managed to get. I mean, for instance, with my family, my, my I mean, my sister, for instance, is still a vegetarian. She's never become vegan. Yeah. Despite the fact that she knows me and she knows the reasons why I'm vegan and everything. You see, whereas whereas I know there are lots of people not in my family that I've I've managed to educate and persuade to become vegan yeah so i just think and and i also think that just because someone's a a family member doesn't mean that they're going to be as open to those ideas as as you are yeah for instance uh, um i I mean in my family um i'm 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 in 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 a way apart from my my very closest family i'm much closer to my friends than i I am to my more distant relatives i i I really don't have have anything to do with you know uh, most of my relatives yeah. I, I, I you know i prefer to socialize for the company of people that believe the, the same as i do you see um and i think that's yeah i think it's just that people it doesn't mes- necessarily mean that because one family member 
is is open to certain ideas that other family members will be just as open and find it just as easy to take those those ideas on board and and I don't think we should we should presume that yeah. and I think I think one thing that you've kind of that I kind of learned from um you know when when I first was when I first became vegan it was like, like this sudden uh, revelation of all this slaughter and suffering of animals and and obviously I kind of you know wanted everyone to be vegan and especially my family and I would kind of <laughs> in, in in a sense browbeat them with with, with veganism yeah uh, and 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 I think that that's tactically um I don't think it's the best way to do it because what happens is people put up a resistance then yeah. they put up a resistance to it. if if you if you go in too hard with it on on people um especially family members uh, and and so so a sort of more gentle approach I think is is liable to you um, to yield better results in that situation. Yeah, definitely. And um, did you was was it kind of a hard switch for for you? As you said, you were you were a big meat eater. Um, was it kind of a hard switch for you? And did you feel differently once you made that uh, switch to veganism? Because you hear a lot of people say that if you go vegan, you'll become weaker, or or if you talk to actual vegans, and most vegans tend to have the same answer that they felt a lot better. Um, yeah, I'd say I, I felt better. I, in some in some ways, it, it, it was kind of more um, a bigger change for me to become um, vegetarian. Yeah, because I was I, because often you hear hear from people that the difficulty is cheese. People have got this thing about cheese, haven't they? Oh, oh <laughs> the reason I'm I you know I'm vegetarian and it won't become vegan is because I don't like the vegan cheese and. Um, uh, and, and, and the cheese tends to be a big thing with people, um, but with me it wasn't. I was never, I was never a big um, lover of cheese. Yeah. Um, I was, I was a big meat eater, and so the change, the the, the the biggest change for me really was from being a meat eater to being a vegetarian, rather than from vegetarian to vegan. Yeah. So once I was a vegetarian, it kind of was comparatively easy to. Um, um it was comparatively easy then to become um uh be- become vegan yeah, yeah because that was just the dairy products and i was never a real big fan of them anyway yeah i don't know i don't know what it is with cheese people just <laughs> people just seem to have this thing for cheese. <laughs> they say cheese is addictive it yeah. contains something that's addictive but you see i say to them well look you, you know um you're 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 only giving up you know, one um, one dietary item that only forms a small part of your diet, but the cow loses her life and yeah. the calf loses their life because you insist on uh, continuing to eat that product. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it, 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 and, of course, I, I think the thing is, I think it's a question of taste. I mean, if we all think back to, say, you know, I remember the first time that I drank beer mm-hmm. and it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I persisted because I thought, well, I, I want to be grown up, and I, I, I need, I need, I need to get used to this. Uh, and so I, and in the end, I, you know, I grew to like the taste. And I think it's, it's like that with a lot of food. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't like olives when I first you know, tried olives, but, I, but, but they're okay now. You know, um, and I think it's the same with, you know, people say, oh, vegan cheese doesn't taste the same as cheese made from cow's milk. Um. I think increasingly it, it probably does. Yeah. With all the different varieties of vegan cheese there are. 
Um, but the, the, the thing is, is it, the reason for that, it, it, people feel that way, is because they've been used to that particular taste. And all they've got to do really is, is, is stop eating that for a while, stop eating that for a while. And then after a period of time, then try the vegan cheese and their taste buds would have um, readjusted. That's what happened to me with uh, soya milk. When, when I first tried, uh, you know, yeah. when I first became vegan, th- there were only two types of soya milk around and they were both like uh, nowhere near as good as the, the soy milks and a huge variety of different plant milks that, that we can get today. And so I couldn't, um, you know, I've always been a big tea drinker and <laughs> I, I just couldn't stand drinking tea with those soy milks in. So what I did it for, for, for about a year, I just drank my tea black. Yeah. And then after a year, when I tried it with the soy milk, it was okay because I, my taste buds had kind of forgotten what, what the, the tea with milk in tasted like and it was so much easier then to go onto the soy milk so that's what i'd say to people just you know just just kind of don't eat any cheese for a while and then try the vegan cheese and you'll probably find that it's okay you know yeah. and it's it, it's no big it's no big deal it re, re, really is it for people and i don't really know what why people make so much fuss over <laughs> it to be quite honest yeah. i had the exact same experience with the tea because i was always a big tea drinker then i got i would drink tea with almond milk but like i could ne- it was it didn't ever taste like tea that i had before but then i just kind of just stopped drinking it but then and i had tried soy milk years ago but i was never a fan but then i tried it maybe like um started this year with tea and it's tastes as like i forgot what tea from years ago tastes like and just tastes like for what i remember so um i yeah. don't know exactly what you mean so your taste buds change and your, your, your palate changes there's a lot of so many vegan like, vegan foods that i never liked before that I, that I love now and ones that just taste the same as um from when I didn't eat and when I did eat meat it just tastes exact the meat substitutes just taste the exact same yeah i think that's true i mean now if 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 i accidentally um taste tea that's got you know somebody gives me the wrong tea and i and, and i have a sip of tea that's got cow's milk in it's horrible i think mm-hmm. it tastes like baby sick you know because i'm used na- yeah, now to definitely. the plant milks so it works both ways, and it's just a question of you know people just have to you know what I'd say to people is, is, is think of, you know think about what the animals go through just just for that particular that taste thing, that yeah. you want to carry on having you know and it's the, 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 there's, there's no way that it's uh, sort of justifiable and 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 it, and it is easy really it is easy really to for yeah. people to wean themselves off it. I think that's where I, some kind of vegans can get. Um, get angry quite quickly because like once you've kind of made that connection of like all this just for that small all that suffering and all that um like abuse that's going on it's just for that small drink like milk and your tea and stuff like that so this is where i think it's easy to get angry quite quickly but then i think as longer time you're vegan you're able to kind of control that and put it across in a more kind of educational way yeah i found that myself i found that myself i think i think you kind of and i think it's also the process of of kind of um of getting older and yeah. and and understanding more how other people operate uh and i've come to understand that, that that not everyone operates the same way as me i mean as soon as i as soon as i um understood the arguments for veganism as soon as i understood um what was happening to the animals i wanted to become vegan there was no ifs or buts i just said right i'm going to be uh, become vegan i don't care that it might be difficult i don't care that um it, it might cause me problems socially or that it might make it difficult for me to eat out or anything i don't want to be i don't want to be part of that um slaughter and suffering i'm going to be vegan 
uh, and don't care how difficult it is. And that, that was how yeah. I felt. Um, uh, but now I've come to realize not, not everyone's the same as me, you know, p- p- people are different and, and we have to kind of appreciate that if we're going to, if we're going to change people, we're going to change the way people behave. Um, we can't, we have to understand how people operate. Yeah. It's, it's like if you're trying to repair the engine of a car, if you don't understand how that, how that works, you're never going to be able to do it. <laughs> and I think it's just understanding how, you know, how people operate and not everyone and not everyone operates the same. And I think in fact, people that make that very quick decision to go vegan, like I did, are probably the exception. You know, we're probably the rarer type of people and people that take longer to do it and feel more, because I think what happens with people is you, you, you have, um, they get pulled in different directions. On one hand, they're pulled towards veganism by what happens to the animals basically. Um, and, and then there's also environmental considerations and health and those things as well. But I think for most people, it's it's to do it's to do with the suffering and you know, cruelty and slaughter of the animals. Um, and I think there's that 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 there's that pulling people towards veganism. But on the other hand, there's um, people are very much creatures of habit. Uh, in general, people don't like to be different to other people. I mean, I'm an exception to that. I don't care. I'd, I'd rather be different. I wouldn't yeah. want to be the same as everyone else. But most people aren't like me, and I think I've come to understand that they're not. And most people want to be the same as 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 as, as other people. Um, they don't want to stand out from the crowd. Um, they, you know, people want an, you know an easy and comfortable life. They don't want to always be in a state of kind of s- struggling for something. You know, so all of that pulls people in the other direction so it's a question of which which of those pulls is is strongest with people yeah. which which of those is strongest and i think kind of to to, to sort of um if we're going to get um people to go vegan what we've got to do is 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 make the pull towards veganism stronger and try and weaken the the, the pull that's pulling the pe- people the other way so in other words in in, in terms of kind of making that pull towards veganism stronger i think i think that involves vegan education i mean that yeah that involves getting the information to people as much as as, as possible because if you if, if you if you see how advertisers work you know people that are trying to sell products okay they don't just put they don't just do the one advert and that's it it's repeated 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 and, and it's repeated in different ways it's on the telly it's on billboards it's in the newspaper it might be in a in a, in a leaflet that comes through your door uh, it's on the radio. You know, these things are pushed in all different ways and and, re- and it's re- done repeatedly um, because it's not always the first time a person um, receives information that they take it on board and advertisers understand that. And I think we've got to be the same. We've, we've got to constantly, constantly promote the vegan message and get it out there in all sorts of different ways. Um, so that's 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 putting that's that's the, the bit that putting people more towards veganism. And on the other hand, with 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 kind of loosening the, the, the that that pull away from veganism, I think it's kind of the easier we make it for people to be vegan. The, you know, the, the the more we can persuade eating places to provide vegan options, um, the the more we can create vegan communities so people c- can get to know other vegans and and not feel isolated, for instance. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and the more um, you know, the, the the easier it is for people to to 
to, to be vegan and and you know and and and, and giving people support you know if people are having difficulty in, in you know with their family they know that there are other vegans there's a vegan community they can turn to that will support them all those things kind of um uh, loosen you know reduce the, the, that pull away from veganism yes yeah. so i think we've got we've got to operate on both sides of that to, to 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 create more vegans and i think you know we we are we are going the right way the more vegans there are the more people will become vegan vegans because then it appears more normal yeah if, if people tend to i've never want i've never wanted to be normal it's never bothered me <laughs> um but but most people are, but i've come to realize most people aren't like me that most people don't really want to stand out in a crowd that most people want to be the same as everyone else so so i think what what's going to happen with veganism i think what to certain extent is happening already that you don't get if, if you're looking at a graph and you know you look at the progress of veganism and you, and you have a line that's going up i don't think it's going to be a, a line that goes up steadily i think it it'll go up at a certain angle you know yeah. for a while and then suddenly it'll shoot up because it reaches a tipping point where veganism is is seen to be kind of normal by people uh, and it becomes, you know, it becomes so so widespread, or or it reaches a point where it's it's kind of widespread enough for people to be much more comfortable with being vegan. And then suddenly you'll see loads more people yeah. go vegan. And you kind of uh, it's kind of difficult if 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 for people like myself and probably you and 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 lots of others who are campaigners and who promote veganism. You kind of think, well, really, people should just go vegan because they understand what happens to the animals, and they should just go vegan, whatever. Yeah. But 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 people tend not to be like that because of all those other pulls on them. You see. Yeah, that's it. So so and and that's that's kind of understanding the psychology of how people work and understanding that that most vegans aren't like you and I, and probably not like quite a few people that will be <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um. As you mentioned earlier, you've been involved with like uh, hunt sabs. Um, from what I've seen, it can be very dangerous and like and violent. Um, what was your experience like? And for people who might not know, what does the hunt saboteurs do? I know it's kind of in the name, but uh, what did they do? And basically, it's it try, you know it's, it's uh, trying to intervene to save the, the the hunted animal from from the hunt. And I mean, usually that was fox hunting, and it, yeah. it involves things like you know laying down false trails or or masking. The, the the scent of the fox with you know a strong smelling um substances one um one thing we used to use was um, the anti-mate that it's put on you know female dogs mm-hmm. on heat and it's it, they, they spray the, the the back end of the female dog so that the male dog can't <laughs> can't you know can't smell the, the the odor to you know to attract him to mate and that stuff can, can be kind of sprayed on the ground to, to cover up the scent of a fox i mean that's that's kind of used and we used to have a method of producing it in bulk to use it in large <laughs> amounts to cover the, the scent of the fox blowing hunting horns to um dis- distract the hounds yeah um even posing I mean, some, sometimes in in a if if it was like a particularly violent hunt and and there are only one or two of us that were available to go hunt something what we would do we'd go undercover we pretend to be supporters of the hunt 
and we would we would holler we would shout to say that we'd seen a fox go in a particular direction all right yeah so that they would take all the hounds going uh, going off looking for a non-existent fox which would give the real fox a better chance yeah. of getting away so there were, there were all these things that we, that we used to do as a and, so, and i mean yes i mean it can it, 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 can, it can be risky uh, I, I, I would never really would say that I was kind of beaten up by the hunt, but I did have a car windscreen smashed once by them and, mm-hmm. you know, was been roughly pushed about and, and that type of thing. I mean, I mean, some people have suffered far, far worse than that. So yes, I mean, it can be, it can be dangerous. I mean, I, I, I would say that anyone who's thinking about going hunt sub, uh, going, um, hunt subbing, Really, I would say to them to to kind of take up take up some kind of self defence training. Yeah, um, in, you know, t- take up you know take up martial arts and learn that to you know to to uh, you know to, to to really quite high standards so that they're able to de- defend themselves. Because hopefully, I mean, I mean, a, a lot of it is kind of avoiding conflict. But sometimes, if that can't be avoided, um, I think it's important that people do know. How, how to how to defend themselves and also to defend others because it's important to you know to protect other people that are yeah. being attacked as well yeah definitely and uh, why do you think it is that there's so many people can relate like non-vegans that can relate to foxes foxes being hunting but they can't quite make that connection with their food choices um i think that's um i i think it's the same with um it, it, it's the same with with animals that kept us companions isn't it a, yeah. a lot of people are you know hate cruelty to dogs and cats but uh, but they'll be eating a chicken sandwich at the same time yeah um and i think it's just that um those th- those animals have always been portrayed differently i think this is in 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 terms of what people read and what people see um, and, and I mean, going back, the, I mean, the history of the, um, you know, the movement to protect animals was that it was it, it's only it's only really very recently that there's been any sort of vegan campaigning. I, I think the vegan campaigning probably only goes back about 15 years in terms of any real, real effort with it. Yeah, because when, when I first um, um, when I first got involved in. You know, campaigning to protect animals. When I first got involved in the hunt saboteurs, because the other thing I did in this um, this this copy of the Vegetarian Society's magazine that I picked up and read about veganism, that there was also stuff in there about all sorts of um, animal abuse, stuff about vivisection and the fur trade and zoos and circuses and all. And, and I joined all these organisations that were, were campaigning against these things. Um, but what I found was that the, the, the people that ran these groups uh, at the time, you know, people like the League Against Cruel Sports and the anti-vivisection organisations, all those people were meat eaters. Yeah. All those people were meat eaters. They, 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 it wasn't considered as an issue. To, to, it was kind of taken for granted that, well, you know, people eat animals and, and, and that's the way of the world. And, and, and that wasn't really considered an issue to campaign on. So, so you kind of had this really strange situation where, where, where by far the um, the largest area of animal persecution, because because the exploitation, persecution, slaughter of animals for food, is massively larger than any of the other, you know, areas of animal abuse that people would think about. You know, it's massively larger than it's two thousand two thousand times more animals are. Are slaughtered to feed people in the UK 
then there are animals um, uh, that are experimented on in laboratories. Yeah. It's, it's, if you take the figure of eight eight billion for for, for animals that are um, slaughtered for food, I mean the vast majority of those are, are, are sea animals, fish, and other sea animals, of course. Um, I think about one billion are land animals. Compare that with the um, figure of about four million in um, uh, animals in laboratories. And of course, four million. I mean, that's that's a horrific figure in yeah, itself. Definitely. But two thousand more at times, um, more animals uh, are are slaughtered by the by the food industry, and and, and often in the most horrific ways, and having um, a very large number of having been factory farmed as well. So it's it's, it's a huge area, but but it, it was just kind of it, it was never never campaigned against, and and. Um, it was it was strange, really, that, that, that when when um, the animal the animal rights movement really uh, arose in the in the seventies. Before that, that the, the, there wasn't really a concept of animal rights. It was yeah. animal welfare, really. Um, and then the idea of animal rights that, that kind of arose in in, in the seventies and the idea of animal liberation. But kind of what was strange was that, and a lot more people became vegan. Vegan. I mean, our, our Hunt Sabs group was 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 a great <laughs> was great for um, turning people vegan. Um, and mm-hmm. we had uh, because the, the two or three of us that kind of ran the group, we 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 were all vegan. And invariably, when people joined, they weren't vegan. Yeah. And they they when they first joined, they they kind of were, were quite. Um, uh, not really sympathetic to veganism. They'd say, oh, well, you know, we're not interested in, you know, once they heard we were vegans, oh, we're not interested in that. We just want to save the fox, you see. Yeah. But after, with, with most of them, after about two weeks, they were vegan because with, with, with us explaining to them why we were vegan and maybe giving them a bit of vegan food and stuff like that, they kind of, it, almost everyone that joined our group, we, we, we turned loads of people vegan. Yeah. Um, um, once they became aware of the reasons for it, you see, but but what what happened was that you know as as number of vegans in the animal rights movement increased, then these organisations that campaigned against the various forms of animal abuse, like for instance, you know the anti section organisations, League Against Cruel Sports, Hunt Saboteurs, increasingly they became populated by vegans yeah and so for instance um i know that the buav british union for the ability of section um in the uh i know that by the late 70s early 80s i think everyone that worked there was vegan and uh, everyone on their kind of the committee that ran the organization was vegan yeah but they didn't campaign for veganism they campaigned against animal experiments and i think you know it was similar with the league against cruel sports most people working there were vegan hunt saboteurs you'll find that almost everyone in hunt saboteurs is vegan some of the new people might not be but you know existing anyone that's been in in it for any length of time is probably vegan um and and, but in those days there was all the all these different campaigns um a, a big campaign against fur trade uh but there was no with with all most of the people involved in those campaigns were vegan um by the i'd say by the late 70s early 80s that was that was probably the case yeah 
but no one was campaigning for veganism. No one was campaigning for veganism. And that only really started, I'd say, probably in the early 2000s, started having, there might have been the occasional stall for veganism, but very, very rare. Um, And it really all started in, I would say, probably the early to mid 2000s with the um, London Vegan Festival, probably was the, the kind of first vegan festival one of the very first and it's 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 kind of really increased since then i mean it's 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 on on a real high now i mean there are loads the loads of vegan fairs and vegan festivals um lots of people doing outreach in, yeah, in, in the streets there seems to be like um, outreach like everywhere every weekend yeah yeah and i mean that's great i mean that, i mean i think that needs to in, increase far more than it it, it, it is now but it's it's kind of it, it has taken off, and and it's great that it, it it has because you know we are dealing with by far the the, the, the biggest area of animal abuse, mm-hmm. and of course if, if someone becomes vegan, in, in, in an ethical vegan, and you know in in terms of the true definition of veganism rather than just being having a plant based diet, then those people are are going to be opposed to all other forms of animal abuse. You know, they're going to be opposed to animal experiments, they're going to be opposed to fair trade, to circuses, and all those things as well. Uh, and I think also um, we have to look at the reason, you know, why is it, what's the fundamental reason why animals are, are persecuted by the human species? And the reason is that it's speciesism, isn't it? it's human yeah. supremacism, is this idea that you know, this what I would consider to be, a, a, you know, an immoral and irrational idea that uh, that humans are more important than other animals. That's 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 the root cause of um, re- really the cause of, uh, of of animal abuse. And and we have to change. If we're going to ever make you know really big change, widespread change, um, bring about animal liberation. Um, that has to be challenged. That has to be challenged, and 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 educating people to become vegan challenges that. Yeah. Whereas just just campaigning, say on vivisection or just campaigning on the fur trade, doesn't change that. It doesn't challenge that fundamental misconception that people have. That you know that 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 fundamental um, prejudice that that people have been brought up with. That causes animal abuse. You see, and I think it's really important. I, I mean, I think it can. I, I think organisations that do that campaign against those things can challenge it. I mean, for instance, like, it's one of the things I like about Animal Aid, is that um, say, say for instance, um, I mean, for instance, we we we've got a a, a very bad race course quite near us, and mm-hmm. um, we'll we'll have. Um, demonstrations outside there but the thing is if we uh, uh, and 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 also say against events where where people are trying to fundraise for cancer research uk or the rich heart foundation the thing is if we use animal aid leaflets in giving people give people animal aid leaflets um if anyone um you know kind of gets um gets affected by that leaflet and and i think well oh yes you know i I, I I agree with this, and I, I want to kind of look further into it. If they go on the Animal Aid website, really the first thing they they see is 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 about veganism. Yeah, you see. So, so in other words, you can kind of do because that is the case with Animal Aid. Giving out any Animal Aid leaflet can lead people to veganism. 
but that's not the case with many other organizations yeah, they don't that, that that they don't have that they don't you see for instance if you give out a leaflet from the league against cool sports or you know say you know so, some of the other organizations say campaign against the fur trade or um or captive animals you don't get that if you go to the website there's nothing on there about um, about veganism and but i mean when we tried to remedy this i mean, I mean for many years um my, my wife louise and i we ran a, um, uh, a national greyhound protection campaign for greyhound action um that was against against greyhound racing yeah um and uh on 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 our website when people went on our website one of the first things they said was a was a was a was, a, was, was quite a prominent um uh quite quite a, 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 a prominent um feature on there about going vegan yeah you see so because we wanted to do that we wanted people we, we wanted to kind of spread veganism as 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 well as 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 that as that campaign that we were doing and and i'd like to see all, all organizations campaign against all forms of animals do that you see if they had that on their website so when people go to their website they don't just learn about that particular issue that 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 group's campaigning against but they also learn about veganism and so they can because otherwise you know you're only taking someone a little way down the road aren't you you're only kind yeah. of educating them to be opposed to the fur trade or to be opposed to animal experiments you're not you're not educating them to be fundamentally opposed to speciesism and to go vegan yeah. and i think it's really important to, that, that groups do that yeah i think there's, there's good good points to it and bad points to like these types of campaigns where um people who are getting involved with it it's it's sometimes a little bit easier to get them involved with veganism because they've got that understanding of like uh, animal cruelty um but also as you're saying it's, it can also be quite a a bad thing because it's only it's the only thing they're they're campaigning about is this, this one form of animal, animal cruelty as well yeah i think i think that's this this kind of a bit of a um a leftover thing from the old days in, yeah. in, in some ways because that's what that's kind of how it used to be um years ago as i said there was no vegan campaigning and i think some people have kind of carried on in that tradition and i don't know whether that's because people think that well it's kind of maybe easier to um it's easier to end um, animal experiments than it is to um convert everyone to veganism yeah but i think it's it's it's, it's kind of not not a question i mean obviously i'd like to see a world where, where all humans were vegan you know that's kind of the ultimate aim but every person that we um educate to become vegan results in animals being spared from suffering and slaughter yeah is it because it's supply and demand isn't it the the, it. the 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 the, the, the the, the the less the demand for that, the the, the less it's going to happen. You see, so it's, so it's not an all or nothing situation. Vegan education isn't an all or nothing situation, and I think people kind of tend to perhaps look at it like that. In other words, that they see that oh well, I'm I can't make it, I can't make everyone vegan, so I'll I'll <laughs> I'll campaign against something because people look at things in 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 terms of kind of victories, don't they? Yeah. Oh, we've managed to close this place down, or we've managed to, you know, stop a place from sending foie gras, or we've managed to, you know, people are looking for these looking for these you know these victories, 
And that's kind of a bit harder with educating people to go vegan because more often than not, you don't know whether you've succeeded in in um, changing someone. You know, someone will you'll give someone a leaflet or have a conversation with a person or someone will come up to a, a, a street stall or they'll watch something on an Earthlings Experience event and then go away. And uh, most of those people, you never know <laughs> how it's affected them. Yeah. I think it's obviously is affecting people because of the rise in veganism. Yeah, and this has all come a, yeah. from people, you know, rece- receiving information. Um, but you, d- you don't have that same feedback, you see. Whereas if you close a place, you, have, you know, d- constantly demonstrate against somewhere and it closes down, then you get that feedback. You think, oh, you know, we've achieved a victory. And I think for some people, you know, that that's probably kind of important for, for some people. I, I think people have a difficulty in kind of seeing stuff that's not immediately in front of them. And I think that that's the case with humans as a whole. Yeah. Humans as a whole have difficulty in seeing uh, the bigger picture. And I think that's one of, the, one of the reasons why the world is in such a sorry state, because people only see their hand in front of their face. They don't, they don't, they don't look at bigger issues, yeah. you see. They're that's only like, in concerned in their own life and their own family and the little things around them, you see. And that tends to be a kind of... <laughs> an unfortunate human trait i think that loads of people are like that and i think just because people care about animals that, that doesn't necessarily stop them from being like that mm-hmm. and so that they'll kind of go for what's immediately in front of them instead of looking into it kind of deeper and thinking well look kind of it's important that this is 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 prevented at a, at a deeper level I mean, to, to give an example, you know, when we were when we were campaigning um, for the greyhounds, um, there were far far more people involved in greyhound rescue than there were in campaigning uh, against the greyhound racing industry. Yeah, and I think that's still the case today. Um, whereas, if if you kind of look at it rationally, the, the way to save the most greyhounds. Is is to end greyhound racing, or at least reduce greyhound racing, because you're you're, you're ending or reducing the demand for these dogs to be bred and and then subsequently be killed, as happens with a large number of them. You see, so the way to save the most greyhounds is to campaign against the industry, isn't to do greyhound rescue. You see, yeah. but people because because with greyhound rescue the dog is immediately in front of you, and you can see those animals, you can identify those animals more easily as individuals. Not that all the other ones aren't individuals, but it's easier to see those animals as individuals. People get drawn towards that. Yeah. People get drawn towards that because it's what's immediately in front of them rather than thinking and analysing and thinking, well, kind of what's causing this problem? And we need to attack the root cause of it because that's the only real solution to it. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it, and it's, it, it is quite difficult to get people thinking like that. People tend to go for the immediate, you know, what's immediate. Yeah. Um, uh, Whereas that's, it's like treating symptoms rather than treating the cause of the disease. And I think we've got to have a lot more. Now, I'm not against people doing animal rescue. I mean, you know, we, 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 my wife and I, we, we always had a house full of rescued animals. And, you know, we, you know, we donate to animal rescues and we help animal rescues. And, you know, this, you know, the same, the same with, 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 with other with, with with other activities that, that don't really go to the root of the problem, you know, with the hunt sabs and um, you know campaigns against uh, animal experiments and all that, we we support all those things. 
because they, those things have a value in themselves. You know, animals' lives are being saved, and at least those people are doing are doing something. Yeah. You know, um, but at the end of the day, we do need a lot more people to tackle the problem at, at, at the root if we're going to really achieve widespread animal liberation we do need a, a lot more people to, to to operate at a fundamental level in their campaigning and to campaign for veganism yeah exactly. that's really important otherwise we're not gonna you know we're only gonna kind of have the crumbs that fall off the table if you see what i mean in yeah. terms of just saving a relatively small number of animals from suffering whereas we need to we know we, we need to go for the whole <laughs> we need to go for total victory you know we need to go to completely revolution you know revolutionize the world completely change the world you know and to have total animal liberation or as, as, as close as we can you know if we're really going to save animals big time that has to, you know that that's 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 through that's through vegan education and there's got to be a lot more of it and i think it's very sad that relatively so, so relatively few vegans are actually vegan activists. Yeah, but that's going to be one of my, my one of my questions for you is that. Yeah. Do we do you feel that there um that vegans there need there needs to be more vegan activists? Oh, massively so, massively yeah. so, because when you think that all, all of us that have become vegan, it's all through receiving information, and and that information came from other people, whether whether that was that was a video, whether it was a leaflet, um. Whether it's an article in the paper, whether it's something that somebody said, um, it, 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 it's all it's all come from receiving information. So we have to get that information uh, out to the public as much as possible. And and the only people that, that's going to do that is vegans. I mean, meat eaters aren't going to promote veganism. <laughs> yeah. Vegetarians aren't going to promote veganism. The only people that are going to promote veganism are vegans. And it's great whenever anyone's becomes vegan it's that, that's brilliant because you can say well that's at least a hundred animals every year that have been spared from slaughter and suffering because that person who's become vegan but the, the question then arises well what about all those other people that aren't vegan they're yeah. still carrying on contributing to you know to to to, to you know to animals being killed you know this this there's still cut <laughs> eight billion animals being slaughtered every year to feed people in this country and um Worldwide, it's fifth. I think it's fifty thousand animals a second it's crazy. are killed. Yeah. Um, for you know, for, for food. Yeah. I mean, and 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 so we can't ignore that. We can't ignore that. You know, we we have to. It's not just about changing ourselves. We have to change if we're really going to, you know, save animals. You know, if 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 we if we think it's 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 wrong, we think it's awful. This is happening to animals. Then it's not enough just to be vegan ourselves. We have to try to educate as many other people as possible to go vegan and that you know that that's through activism yeah and, and the, the thing is you know the vegan activism is it's kind of not it it's not an ordeal i, I mean it, it can be it, it's it's actually a very pleasurable experience i mean what can be better than than than, than kind of knowing you're doing something that that is saving thousands and thousands of animals you know, just by and and you don't have to go in prison. You don't have to suffer any hardship. It's just giving out a leaflet or doing a street stall or you know talking to people or, um, you know, doing door dropping, putting leaflets through people's letterboxes. Yeah. It's 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 really simple. Um, and then afterwards, I mean, what we what we tend to do locally is we'll have a door dropping session and then we'll, um, 
you know, go to somewhere that does vegan food and have something to eat or go in a pub and have a drink and combine it, you know, with a social activity afterwards. So it's, you know, and, and that feels good because you feel you've kind of earned that. You think, well, I've earned this drink, I've earned this, this, this nice meal because I've done that bit of activity. And it feels so much, and as a social event, it, it therefore feels so much better than just going and just, just doing a social thing and nothing else you know not that i'm not that i'm you know against that either and you know obviously it's it's great that there are so many vegan social events but it's i i think that i i kind of have a problem with there's a lot of vegan groups now in different parts of the country where all they do is social events yeah definitely but they don't do outreach they don't do activism and and i think that's i think that's really a great shame i mean often it's down to who runs those groups you know because you normally get you know, there's the main people in a group, and and and, and groups are very much coloured by who who runs the groups and what their ideas are. And I think it's a shame that so few of those these groups don't do any activism. I mean, our, our local vegan group is is activist and social. You know, we'll have you know social events. We'll 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 do activism as well. And that's kind of because it makes the social events better. Because at the social events, you can talk about activism, and if new vegans come along. That because they're attracted by the social event, you know that they, they they then become involved with vegans that are activists, and then it's so much easier for those yeah. vegans then in turn to become activists. You know, so social events can help with activism, providing that the the people who organise the social events believe in activism and are activists themselves. I think that's the that's the key thing. Where they're not, then nothing's going to come from those social events apart from the people eating food. Yeah. <laughs> so that's and I think that's key. I think local vegan groups are are the absolute key to vegan education because if you're um we have to get the message through to the public and and you know where are the public? You know they're in the shopping center, there are local public events in a local area for instance. They live in houses in that local area. So so I think I think that you know the, the key to the, the the, the key to vegan education, I think, is is having good local vegan groups yeah. that have a, have have a strong activist element to spread the, the message, you know, within their vegan message within their local community as much as they possibly can. Yeah. And we need those groups all over the country. Yeah, exactly. I think if we get that and achieve that, I think that's that's that you know that that that's vitally important for, for you know for the spread of veganism. Yeah, and definitely, all it takes is just one person in that group to say, "I want to try this," like, or "I want to set up this outreach," or "I want to set up this like Earthlands experience." Or so, uh, and people get, like because some people are just kind of nervous to kind of start these things. So all it, all it takes is that one person, and as you're saying, these are great social. Um, social events in, in a way as well just have some people get involved with activism if you've gone out for for meals after and it's just it can feel good as well so um i definitely we definitely need to see more of that yeah i mean i agree i, I mean i think the thing is i think pe- people are in different categories that you know th- there are people we want all vegans to want to be activists mm-hmm. or to spend some time in it you know everyone's got other stuff going on in their lives and um you know they're not i mean for instance you know we recently you know where, where i live which is um i live to uh near kidderminster in worcestershire and we recently had a vegan fair in kidderminster and we did a lot to promote it with um door dropping leaflets and distributing leaflets in the town center and um we we held door drop events in the evening but so we we had a few um mums with young 
children that, that couldn't make those visits said, well, you know, we can't come in the evening because, you know, we've got the, we've got the kids to put to bed and that. But what was great was was that they actually took leaflets and, and went and door dropped them in the daytime when they were able to. And I thought that was I thought that was great that those people, despite the fact that they, they had young families to look after, still took the trouble to actually go around and deliver those leaflets. It shows that really anyone can do it. That yeah. you know there isn't really an excuse unless someone can't walk and they can't hold leaflets. There's not really any excuse not to do it. Yeah. To be quite honest, if those women could do it with all the other you know um, stuff that they, they they had to do with their children, you see. Um, and I think it's important to kind of be able to accommodate that situation so that you try and get everyone involved in activism doing whatever they can do. Yeah. You know, and, and, and not everyone can spend the same amount of time doing it or do it at the same time. But it's just kind of making it so everyone can get involved in it in some way. I think that's that's, that's kind of really important. Um, but, yeah, I think that... Um, in 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 term in in terms of activism, that you've got people that want to be active, but they're they're kind of reticent about organising anything. Yeah. So 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 to have a successful vegan group, you have to have people that are prepared to initiate stuff and to organise stuff. Otherwise, you could have loads of people that that want to be active, but nothing ever gets done because no one gets the ball rolling. Yeah. That's <laughs> so that's the other thing. And I, th- I think people, you know, really need to kind of say, you know, can I step up to the plate? Can I be the, can, can I be the person um, that actually says, right, let's do this. Let's organize something. Otherwise, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> You've got all these people waiting around for someone to organize something yeah. and nobody ever does and so nothing ever happens and you you know that whole huge potential of you lost. so organizers people that are organizers and i tend to call them drivers the word i, I kind of use for people <laughs> like that that they kind of drive they drive things on you know they that they, they say right let's do this and come on let's do it and you know organize it and, and i think groups do need people like that and i think people need to kind of understand and realize that they can be like that it's not that difficult you know to sort of to 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 because everyone that's ever organized everyone that organizes stuff there's always been a, a time when it was the first thing they ever organized isn't yeah. there you know and, and 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 to kind of break through that sort of barrier that kind of sometimes exists with people you know against doing that and to say right i'm going to organize something it could be something really simple i mean one thing we do locally is we do you know a lot of door dropping um and one of the members of our group has got a big map on his wall um of the town and uh our aim is to put a vegan leaflet through every letterbox in the town and so we kind of we, you know we go out when we can and you know de- deliver leaflets we make a facebook event for it try and get other people along uh, and then that gets marked off on the map you yeah. see and that's it and that's 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 really easy and, and like it, it's like more or less anyone can do that yeah exactly yeah. you know because people do it in their own time if they want to as long as they you know know what area they they need to do and that's ever, ever so easy to organize something like that mm-hmm. you know and so that's that's perhaps you know if someone's gonna uh, take the first steps to being an organizer that's maybe something they could organize and then you know that that maybe leads on to doing street stalls and also stalls at other events and one, one you know one type of event we try to do stalls at is like 
events, animal rescue events. You know, these uh, dog rescues have these fun dog shows and stuff to raise funds. And um, we try to have stalls at those because you're dealing with people that who already care about yeah. some animals. They already yeah. care about dogs and cats and or whatever. And so uh, because they because they do care about some animals, it's easier, I think, to get them to care about other animals and get them to care about all animals. And of course, Animal Aid has that excellent leaflet, um, a friend or food leaflet, which which kind of um, you know, makes that comparison. Uh, and and that's 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 very 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 good for those events um, to try to get you know dog lovers, shall we say, uh, to you know to care about pigs and cows and sheep and chickens and all the other animals that have you know exactly the same feelings and suffer just as can suffer just as much as dogs and so you know that's that's a, a good thing Envi- and, and you know environmental events we have a couple of uh, green fairs every year locally and we have stalls at both of those um and, and we go in in there on the environmental aspect you know that that you know that, that veganism is, is so much better for the environment and of course, we, we you know we'll have other information at our store, you yeah. know, about the you know the the, the, you know, the suffering of slaughter of animals, why that's wrong. But it's kind of you, you know, there's a place you, you can you can get a stall at those events because because of the environmental benefits of vegan. Same with health events, you know, events that are there to promote like healthy living. Um, get a vegan stall at those events on the health aspect of it. Yeah um and 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 there's all sorts of this there's, there's, there's all sorts of um events where vegan outreach can take place yeah exactly. just to stall in uh, i mean one thing we've done a lot um recently is um uh, supporting the campaign against the badger carl and supporting activists that are out in the field because the the, the the cull is really not far away from us at all and and so we we've had um, street collections to raise to raise money for the anti cull activists and street stalls against the cull, but all all the time promoting veganism yeah. because of course there's a, a a link there with with the dairy industry and um, um, there the, uh, four four organisations actually produce leaflets linking the dairy industry to. Uh, with the badger cull, yeah, and and you know asking people to go vegan, saying that going vegan is um, just about the best way of fighting the the, the badger cull in, in a sense, um, and and so and, and and so that's you know that's 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 another thing we've done. There's all sorts of ways of of, of promoting veganism, and and really you know I'd like to see all vegans involved in it and to consider it as part of being vegan because I think one of the problems with the definition of veganism. Is it's all about um, uh, what people don't do. Yeah, it's all about not doing things. It's about exactly, well, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, you know, consume animal products. I don't go to the circus. I don't go to the zoo. I don't go to the horse racing. You know, I try not to put my money into those things. It's about avoiding things. You see, whereas I, th- I, I you know, I'd like to see the definition of, 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 of veganism change. So it includes an active element where it says, well, as well as those things, I will try my best to actively promote veganism to other people. And I think that should be, ha- you know, so, someone who identifies as a vegan, who regards himself as a vegan, that that should be included in, 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 in the definition, that should be included in how they see themselves as, as a true vegan. Yeah. That, that there's an active element with within that 
an active enemy within that. And I think the other thing that, that's important and I'd like vegans to do, I mean, some do already, but I think, you know, a lot don't. And and that's concern for the environment because um, if, if you say to people, you know, list the areas of animal abuse from what's worse to what's, you know, what involves most animals to what, you know, going down. You know, a lot of people say, well, obviously, you know, the food industry is worse, that, that counts for the most animals. And the next one is animal experiments, because that's like four million a year in this country. But in actual fact, the second worst area isn't isn't animal experimentation. It's it's um, harm done to animals through um, harm done to the environment, through damage to the environment, through climate yeah. change, through pollution, through the destruction of habitats. Um, and for, for instance, I, I, you know, I'll argue that campaigning for public transport is an animal liberation issue. And people say, what are you talking about? I say, well, look, you know, if you, if, if you look at the number of animals that are killed on the roads by motor vehicles, uh, well, I mean, we have a situation like, like they reckon it's um, something like, uh, I think it's like at least 30 million birds are killed by motor vehicles every year. And it's, it's like uh, um, a, a million mammals. Uh, more foxes killed by cars than are killed by the hunt. Um, there's the, 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 the total number of badgers they want to kill with the badger cull, which is 100,000. Um, in, 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 in just two years on our roads, that number of badgers are killed, you know, by, by, by cars and other motor vehicles. Yeah. So there's a tremendous slaughter of animals on our roads. So if you can reduce the number of cars and get people into public transport, that's going to that's gonna reduce that. And, and so and, and 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 so public transport is, you know, is cheaper and 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 better and more people use it, then animal, animals are going to be saved. You know, so like, you know that's why I say campaigning for public transport <laughs> is an animal liberation. Yeah. Fracking is another one. There's massive toll of wildlife caused by fracking. I I help my local friends of the Earth group on Saturday with a stall um, they had in the town centre against fracking. Yeah, and for me, that's very much you know, fracking does far more harm to um, to animals, especially wildlife, than it does to humans, and, and the harm it does to humans is pretty bad. Um, and you know, these these environmental issues that impact really heavily on animals, and they're quite frequently not regarded as 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 um, relevant yeah. by people that claim to be vegans and who claim to be animal liberation is in fact it's very very we have to kind of massively reduce the impact of of the human species on the environment yeah definitely if we're really going to have animal liberation and that's you know that tends to be um you know ignored by 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 a lot of vegans and you've got this kind of consumerist vegan culture that kind of worries me really that kind of it's okay to kind of have a consumerist capitalist culture, providing that <laughs> providing that it's plant based. In other words, you know, um, it, you know that in other words, it doesn't really matter about other harm to the environment as 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 long as as long as all our food and all, all our products are plant based and don't as long as something doesn't contain animal products, it's okay basically. Yeah, but we have to, we you know, we have to go a lot further than that if we're going to really have animal liberation. Of course, you know, it's very important, you know, that, that uh, you know we do, um, we 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 do sort of campaign for 
everything to be free of animal products. And that's going to really spare loads of animals from suffering slaughter. But it's not going to bring about animal liberation if you still have massive environmental destruction yeah. from other, you know, you know, from, you know, from, from, from other things. Yeah, definitely. And so we kind of have to be, you know, I, I kind of say I've got a, 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 a sort of formula for animal liberation and it's animal liberation equals veganism um uh, plus um deep ecology plus eco-socialism mm-hmm. and, and that's my theory for animal liberation because you, you you're not going to get you're not going to get true animal liberation under a capitalist society because of the greed that's involved yeah. and the drive to destruct to destroy the environment that's created by capitalism yeah. you're not going to get that you're gonna you're gonna have socialism you know, for that, you've, it, it, you've got to, but, but not a, a socialism based on materialism. But you've got to have a socialism that is also concerned about the environment and um, a deep ecology, which is about that uh, humans are, are not the not the centre of everything. That all, um, you know, all other animals have, uh, you know, an equal right to be here, an equal right to enjoy the, the earth, and you know should be equally as respected you know uh, that as well you know that th- those things we have to have those things as well as veganism yeah you know to 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 to, to, to make animal liberation so i kind of you know i campaign for those things as well yeah but uh, at the end of the day you know as i say that you know the the, the biggest area is because it, because of course a, a lot of destruction of the environment is caused by animal farming yeah. is caused by industrialized fishing and so campaigning against those things or protects the environment at the same time yeah exactly yeah um i was going to we mentioned at the start of the, um, the, the podcast that you're uh, known as one of the founders of the animal liberation front uh, for people who don't know what is the animal liberation front and how did it all kind of get started okay right well um basically the story of it was that um there were a few of us involved in the hunt saboteurs um the, there's a particular form of hunting called um cub hunting mm-hmm. and basically that's used to train 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 the hounds to give them a taste of blood and to get them you know into the habit of going after foxes and killing foxes and what they do is you know very early in the hunting season around, around about kind of august september time before the, the this kind of proper hunting starts they have something called cub hunting where basically they carry out a massacre of fox cubs. Um, they'll um, block up the you know, foxes go out um, at night hunting, and they go out of their earths. And, and what the hunt do is they block the earths up so the fox can't go back in. Yeah. And this includes, you know, this includes kind of, you know, the fox cubs as well. And then they surround the wood with people on horses and people on foot, making a lot of noise to kind of make sure. That the foxes don't run out of the wood and then they just send the hounds in and the foxes got nowhere to go because their earth's been blocked up and it just results in a massacre really of the foxes yeah. and this is to get the you know um the kind of the taste of blood into the into the hounds and we found that it was very very difficult to to sabotage that because you know that you know the traditional methods of hunt sabotage was blowing hunting horns call the hounds off to lay down false trails to you know to lay down a uh, um, to cover the, the scent, but there was no scent hunting involved in this. It was just going into a wood and doing a massacre, you see. So we thought, yeah. well, how how are we going to kind of 
deal with this what we're going to do and then we came up with the idea of well why not go very early in the morning to the hunt kennels and damage their vehicles so they can't actually go out and do this cub hunting you see yeah and then we thought well we can't do that as hunt saboteurs because hunt saboteurs are you know one of the rules of hunt saboteurs was to keep within the law you see so we would yeah. be breaking the law of course so we thought we got to form a different organization to do that so a few of us had a meeting. We had this uh, clandestine meeting. Um, it, I remember it was in a basement cafe in London, and we were huddled in the corner. There were six of us discussing this. And we said, right, we got this is what we want to do, and we need to set up a, um, a different group to do it. And I think, you know, we also thought about extending it to causing damage to other forms of animal abuse you know animal experiments the fur trade and that but the main focus at the beginning was on the on the cub hunting yeah and so the name we came up with was band of mercy and um the reason for that was because in the um 19th century there, there was a the rspca was kind of a lot radical in those days in its early days um than it is now and there was an RSPCA youth group that called themselves the Band of Mercy, and they went round kind of sabotaging guns used by shooters and that kind of thing. We thought, oh, that's great. Let's revive the spirit of those people and call ourselves <laughs> Band of Mercy. So that's what happened. There were six of us involved um, uh, in that, and we did, you know, we we, we did, you know, quite a few things, and we 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 tried to burn down a laboratory that was being built. We um, destroyed a seal hunting boat um uh, we, we did we we did quite a lot of damage to vehicles at hunt kennels to try and stop them going cub hunting uh eventually two of us got caught and we got sent to prison we got uh, sentenced to three years in prison yeah um but then in um after um i come out of prison on that sentence and this was by now it was 1976 i found a lot of people wanted to get involved in the same thing i thought being put in prison might you know, me being put in prison might put people off, but it, it kind of didn't. And, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people, mostly, you know, involved in hunt saboteurs were saying, oh, I want to do that and I don't get involved. So, <laughs> and I was really pleased. And um, But but quite a few folks were saying, well, the name's a bit strange. It sounds like some sort of religious group, you know, found a mercy. What does it mean? <laughs> so um, we decided to change the name to Animal Liberation Front to kind of more you know, to sort of portray exactly what it was well, about it was, yeah. so people understood. So that's when the name was changed in 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 seventy six to Animal Liberation Front. And it kind of carried on very much the same and, you know, a lot more people getting involved in it. And um um you know there was a, you know a, a, a load of stuff going on. Um and then eventually, I mean, obviously, a, a lot of people went to prison for it. I mean, in fact, you know, hundreds of people have, have, have been in jail for ALF activities as well in, in those days. And of course, now it's, you know, it's very much quieter now. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually more, ALF is actually more active in other countries now than it is in, in the UK. Yeah. Uh, very little happens here. But I don't, I mean, that doesn't, that really doesn't bother me because I think, you know, for as good as the ALF um, was and to a certain extent still is, in in the, you know, the ALF uh, saved thousands of animals from suffering and slaughter. I mean, you know, the ALF in this country was responsible for a, a big reduction in the number of animal experiments, in a, you know, and a, a, a huge reduction in, in, in the fur trade, for instance. Those are the two main 
big gains that the ALF made, you know, two big areas of, you know, uh, of success for, for for the ALF. And, you know, that's thousands and thousands of animals um, yeah. that have been, you know, um, saved from suffering and slaughter. Um, but nevertheless, you know, I, I, I believe that vegan outreach, vegan education is more important and, and, and that, you know, saves more animals than, than the ALF ever could. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and so although I'm, you know, very pleased and proud to have been involved in the ALF and to be involved in founding it, um, my view now that, you know, I'm, I'm even more pleased and proud to be involved in, in vegan outreach because yeah. that's going to save and also fundamentally change. Because the thing about the ALF is it didn't, you know, I spoke earlier about fun, about challenging speciesism and challenging human supremacism at a fundamental level, which is done through vegan education. If you're educating people to be ethical vegans, not just about not just about the food, but about the whole, you know, the whole idea of being a vegan and what it means. Um, and the ALF didn't do that. The ALF didn't didn't challenge um, speciesism at a fundamental level. It challenged it, it. It once again was kind of dealing with the symptoms of it rather than challenging it at the, at the, at the root, which vegan education does or can yeah. do if it's done in the right way. Yeah. Um, so that, that's why I think vegan education is is even more important um, than than the ALF was. Yeah. And uh, I was going to ask about um, that. A lot of the time, I've seen people label like an uh, animal liberation front or like uh, other groups similar to that. Uh, they've also they've often been labelled uh, like terrorists a lot of the time. What What do you think about when you when you hear that? Well, I, well, the terrorists are the people who abuse animals, aren't yeah, they? They're, they're the ones that cause terror. Yeah. You know, I mean, the French Resistance were labelled terrorists by the Nazis. Yeah. Um. Uh, and, and you know, it depends who's who's, who's doing the talking and who's doing the labelling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and Nelson Mandela was labelled a terrorist, and and then you know, twenty years later, you know, all, all the world leaders are queuing up to shake his hand. You, you know, so, so <laughs> you know, say one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter, and that's absolutely true. And it depends on the point of view of the person who's talking. And so, no, I mean, the the ALF were and are freedom fighters, and certainly not terrorists. Yeah, exactly. uh, the terrorists are the, the terrorists are the people that are, that cause terror to innocent animals. They're the real terrorists, and that's what we should be saying. Yeah, definitely. And um, going into your uh, your book, uh, the Animals Freedom Fighter. Uh, how did that? How did the book come about? And what can you tell us about it? Okay, well, right. Well, for quite a number of years, people have been saying to me that I should write a book because, you know, I'll sit talking to people about all the different things that have happened in my life and they go, oh, really, you know, you need to write a book. This can't die, this shouldn't die with you, you know, and all that kind of thing. <laughs> Problem is, is I can't, I, you know, I'm I'm not a book writer. I mean, I can write short stuff, but there's, there's no way I would ever be able to write anything as, 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 as long as a book. So it would have had to be done by someone else. And over the years, there have been a couple of people that have kind of started on, you know, doing a book um, about me and with my cooperation. But for one reason or another, it's kind of always fallen through. Mm -hmm. And mainly because of other things, other responsibilities those people have, because it's quite a, you know, it needs quite an intensive effort to do anything like that. And then um, a friend of mine in, in the USA, John Hochschartner, who was um, 
it was involved in a, in a website called uh, Species and Class, which was about a number of different articles to do with animal liberation and um, you know linking that to human social justice issues. And uh, and and I contributed you know one or two articles to that and kind of got to know John through that. Yeah. And John's a, John's a um, a journalist who writes um, articles for several uh, newspapers in the USA. Um, and he he got in touch with me. Uh, it was I think late in twenty twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. saying, um, "Has anyone said anything to you about writing your biography, and, and how would you feel if I did it?" And, and I said, "Brilliant!" I said, "If you if you want to do it, I'm more than happy for you to do it." See, so we cooperated on it, and it, and, and that consisted in in every Sunday for probably about three months i had a, a really long session on skype with him yeah uh, uh, sometimes it was six or seven hours we were oh, talking for yeah and so and, and and out of every 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 skype session we had came a chapter of the book and, and what he'd do was over the next few days he he, i mean did it really quickly he'd, he'd write the chapter send it to me by email for me to look at and do corrections Mm-hmm. And then the next Sunday we were doing the next one, and that's that's how we did it. it was done over, it was done over Skype, and right, yeah. I, I I mean I had to do you know a lot of research for it really as well myself because uh, although I could remember things that had happened, I I kind of couldn't put dates to things. It was difficult to put, you know to kind of you remember exactly when those things happened, and so yeah. um, I kind of relied very heavily. Um, a uh, good friend of mine from my hunt sub to day days, Dave Wetton, he, he's always kept a, a kind of um, meticulously kept a diary about things. <laughs> and so he, he was like, and he's now, that's now on his computer. And he was able to send me, you know, um, uh, stuff from his diary that I, that was really useful in, in putting dates to stuff. And and also um, uh, the ALF supporters group newsletter um, that in the old days used to have a diary of actions, diary of ALF actions in it. And that's um, there's a very useful website called the Talon Conspiracy. Yeah. And I that's got loads of um, loads of magazines, PDF files of loads of stuff on there that can be accessed. And so I, I was able to look at the, the these old editions of the supporters group newsletter on there and, and, and you know, put dates to things. And and so there was all these resources I was able to use. Keith Mann's book, um, Dust Till Dawn, was very, was very useful resource as well with that. And so, and so, you know, I'd always do, before I did the interview with John, I'd always be, to research into <laughs> you know really putting dates to stuff you yeah. know and 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 also jog my memory about certain things you know to, to, doing research yeah. uh, and that's how it and, and and that's how it was um that's how it was put together Great. um yeah. and uh, you know i'm very pleased with with what john's done you know he's done a very good job i think it's it, I, one thing that, that i think is a shame is 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 the the price of the book because for some reason because it's published in the usa it's the the, the price in the usa hasn't kind of really translated it's oh, it, right, it yeah. costs a lot more to buy for some reason in this country than yeah. it does in the usa and i don't quite know why that, why that is <laughs> 
Um, and the publishers are an, uh, it's an ap- academic publisher that's published it. So they, they, th- you know, for that reason, I think the price is a bit higher as well. So um, that's, you know, that's the, you know, I, I do kind of, uh, I, and I, I've actually contacted the publishers trying to get them to reduce the price, but so far with no success. Yeah, um, that's the only that that's the only kind of downside of it that, that it is that it is costly that it is costly to. to yeah. buy. I mean, there is a, a an ebook that's that's quite a lot cheaper as well. Oh, yeah. really? um, so so is at least it's at least it's out there. That's the yeah. that's the main thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and uh, what what's the kind of main thing you want people to take away from the book? Well, I think it um, depending on who's reading it. I, I mean, I, I like to think that non-vegans would read it as well yeah. as vegans, and if they read it, I'd I'd want them to become vegan through reading it. Um, it's probably more. It, 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 it'll probably be mainly vegans that read it, though. I would say, and 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 I'd like them to um, those that aren't. I, I'd like them from reading the book to become vegan activists yeah because one thing that kind of worries me about the book is 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 the kind of um i think we we, we have to be careful of, um, about um not substitute not 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 substituting being spectators for being activists you see yeah definitely. and so um re- reading a book is a, a form of of kind of being a spectator you say that you kind of you, you, you're reading about what someone else did um, rather than doing something yourself. And I don't think there's anything wrong in that. If that if if that encourages people, you know, having read the book to be active. But I, what I don't want is 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 people reading that book as a substitute for activism. Yeah. You know, to, you know, reading about another person who has been active and is active. Yeah. Uh, instead of being active themselves, and that's that's kind of for me. That's you know, I, I do worry about the, da- the, the, the danger of that about people um, being activists by proxy. You see what I mean by yeah, kind of reading about someone else being an activist? Not not necessarily me. I mean, there's lots of stuff about other people, you know, activist stuff that, especially on you know, on the internet that people can read about and kind of immersing themselves in that and feeling that they're part of the action when, when you really analyze it, they're not. So I'd really like people to kind of the, the book to encourage people to, um, to, to become vegan activists. That's, that, you know, that that's, that's what I'd, I'd like it to do. And I hope that it will do. Yeah, definitely. And, um, obviously we said before that veganism has obviously grew massively in the last few years um with it being being easier than ever to be vegan do you, do you think the the key to keep that momentum going is to is more activism oh oh definitely i think it's definitely more activism and and that's that's kind of gradually i can see that i can see that happening i can see that happening i mean one one thing that i'm i'm involved at the moment very much in promoting the um, the West Midlands uh, Vegan Festival, which is the tenth anniversary this year, it's going to be bigger than ever, and it, because it's, it takes place in Wolverhampton, and I was involved with it last year, and, and one of the things we did in trying to promote it was to get to get local vegans in Wolverhampton to deliver leaflets in their own area where they live, and last year when we 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 tried to do this, um, I think. Only one group of vegans 
<laughs> did it in one area, just one area. You know, it was just a vegan family said, we all do our one area. And and we had other organised door drop sessions where we, we'd meet somewhere and get people together and people would come from outside the area to do it. But the only we only had one group of people that did their own area. This year, it's been at least a dozen. Yes. This has been a massive increase in local vegans being involved. I mean, that's not nearly enough because, you know, for every vegan that is involved, there's probably <laughs> maybe a hundred others that aren't, you know, but it's still a massive improvement. Yeah. It's still a massive, exactly. a huge increase in, you know, just in a year in in the number of people wanting to be, become active and also just taking that one city, you know, there's there's this in 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 a year the i mean there's regular uh earthlings experience in the streets there i think they've had the cube of truth there they've had other types of vegan outreach going on there and that that you know that's that you know that's massively increased in in, in just a year there as well and you know that's just one this is one city and i think you know we're seeing this kind of um all over the country and there's a lot of places where there's never been any vegan outreach yeah where that's starting to happen now uh and i I think that's great we just we just need more of it we just i think what you know once it kind of becomes more part of vegan culture to be activist you know i think it it kind of a long for a long long time for quite a few years you know vegan culture is really involved you know it's it's centered around the food and getting together and eating cake and eating other vegan food and that and that's what it's kind of meant to be a vegan you see, but I think increasingly an activist element has been injected into that. You know, not that there's anything wrong in like people enjoying vegan food, but also that in order to, to to feel for someone to feel that they're actually like a proper vegan, that involves doing some sort of activism as well. Yeah, you know, as part of a, 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 a as, as part of a kind of whole 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 picture of 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 veganism and i think that's gradually i think that's gradually beginning to happen now the, the, the culture is, is is what was needed was a, a change in vegan culture and gradually that's happening now and yeah. and that's that's really good and i just hope it continues like that because yeah. you know we, we the thing is we can we can do it we can do it at one time it, it seemed an impossible dream that we could actually start veganize the you know the whole of human society um, but I think we're kind of, you know, on the road to doing that now. I mean, we might be in a, you know, like, um, you know, still in the early stages of it. Yeah. But I think it's it's kind of moving in that direction. If we can get more and more people active in promoting veganism and we can get good, strong local vegan groups that have, you know, that have a good emphasis on activism. Then, then, uh, then I, I, I really do think we can do it. And I think the other thing we need as well, because um, we kind of, you know, I'd like to see everyone educated to be be vegan, but I don't think it, I don't think it's possible realistically to educate everyone. I think you know there's going to be resistance from some people, and you know we're not going to educate everyone. And so the question then arises: Well, you know, what do we do about the people we can't educate? Well, are we just going to allow them to just carry on abusing animals? And the answer is obviously no. So how do we stop them? And I and I think you know that's you know that 
that means politics you know that means you know passing laws and yeah. you know ha- having having a, a political leadership that's opposed to animal abuse and so i'd like to see more vegans getting involved in politics i mean i'm not a politician myself i mean you know i'm a campaigner but i'd certainly i mean at the last election we in, in one of our local constituencies there was a guy standing uh local councillor there actually who, who's a vegan and you know an animal rights campaigner and i went over and got other vegans to go over there and you know distribute his leaflets to try and get him elected unfortunately it wasn't elected but we we had a good try yeah, <laughs> you know next time he might be you know and so and, and so it's that you know we need more vegans getting in, in we need more vegans getting into politics so that we can actually you know have a situation where we, where we do have a government in this country that will pass strong animal protection uh, legislation so that uh, um, and you know, and 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 move the country in the direction of veganism, so that you know, it's like education and and political action. That they're the kind of two, you know, they're the two key things that we need to do. Yeah, I think we'll it will just kind of naturally kind of go that way. That we're we're hitting so many people, uh, but we're like, what group are we not? Like, it not where's it not hitting? And this, and we'll just naturally kind of go down that, down that route as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Because I think there's been an aversion, if it, you know, to, politics is a kind of bit of a dirty word with people. And I understand yeah. why it is because so many politicians are bad. But I think the reason why so many politicians are bad is because not enough good people get into politics, you see, because they tend to avoid the, oh, I don't want to go there because there's all those horrible people. And, but but we need to because otherwise, because you have a situation. I mean, if you, if you look, for instance, like, say, at um, hunting, yeah. For decades and decades and decades, a huge majority of the population opposed to hunting. Every public opinion poll, huge majority, and yet it it was only, you know, it's only in in fairly recent years that there's been a ban on hunting, and then and even so, that's still not a proper ban, despite huge public opposition. Because unless that opposition is translated in actually into people in parliament that change the law. Nothing's going to happen, yeah. and it's the same kind of with veganism. If you you could have a whole loads of those people that kind of want a vegan society, but unless you know a, a good number of those people get into politics, that's actually not going to happen because the people that are in power are people that don't want that. Yeah, and so we won't get it. You know, yeah. so it, it is it is very, very important that we do that. And I think you know the more people we 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 educate to be vegan. You know, everyone's good at different things. Everyone's got their own, you know, skills and abilities and thing and and different ways of campaigning and different ways of operating, um, in in promoting veganism that they prefer to. And and you know, I'm I'm hoping there will be a fair number of those people that are interested in, you know, taking a political route. And and the rest of us can support those people yeah. and get them elected and you know and get laws. And so you've got the you've got the two things happening: the education and 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 the legislation that we need. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, we'll get um, wrapped up at the moment, but uh, where can people find you online, and um, where can people also get your book? Well, uh, I mean, I mean, on Facebook, if people look me up on Facebook, um, they can find me on there. My my little picture on there is me with a, a rat on my shoulder, a rat that we, we had called Dennis Pickles, who was absolutely wonderful. Wonderful boy, as I mean, he passed away a few years ago. It's it's my picture on there. People can, you know, look me up on there. I mean, my my Facebook page is public, so anyone can 
not have a look at it. I, yeah. You know, want people to see what's on there, really. Um, a group that people can a, a, a group that people can join on um, on Facebook that promotes um, vegan outreach is a group called Encouraging Vegan Education. People can join that group. That's a group that um, that I set up some you know some some years ago. And I'd say to everyone, look, look the, the most important thing really is to um, to, to get involved in your local vegan group yeah. or to set one up. And if you if you get involved in your local vegan group, um, uh, you may be lucky, and that might be a group that where they already do outreach, and you can help them do that. If it's not a group that does outreach, then and they are just people sitting around eating food, then then try to you know try to encourage them to you know to be active. And you might find that some of them want to be active, but no one's suggested it and no one's kind yeah. of organised it. So that's something to do. And if there isn't a local vegan group in your area, then then uh, then, then set one up. You know, just set a group up on Facebook, um, share it around. There's vegans are everywhere. There will be loads of vegans in your local area. And you only need, you know, two or three people really to get a group going. You know, only need a couple of people to do leafleting or do a street stall and you'll find that other people eventually will join and the group will grow. So don't worry about lack of numbers. Yeah. It's kind of, it's it's quality rather than quantity. You need, you need just a couple of committed people can can achieve can achieve a great deal in the local area can really get things going yeah exactly um no i, I want to thank you for so much for taking this time to to chat for a bit um obviously you've, just, you've inspired so many people including myself um so i just really want to thank you for taking the time it's been a great chat no so i've enjoyed it as well and um i you know i'd like to you know once again reiterate to everyone listening you, you know we can achieve animal liberation it's up to to every one of us you know we you know we, we shouldn't just be kind of looking up to individual people you know there's people you know come up to me and you know praise me in all sorts of ways but um everyone can be the same you know we can all be part of we can all be part of <laughs> the vegan revolution in you know it just it just means you know getting active educating people and you know we can we can achieve the greatest thing that's ever been achieved in this world it really is it's within our grasp if we if 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 we all get active and we all go out there and 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 spread the vegan message so that's episode 36 done thanks so much to ronnie for coming on the podcast i feel like we didn't even cover half of his story and we'd love to get him back on in the future at some point but like ronnie was saying you can get him over at facebook it's just ronnie lee and if you want to contact myself you can do so over at naughtymiltpodcast.com but check the podcast out on instagram and facebook which is just at naughtymiltpodcast but like i was saying earlier in the episode Apologies about the wait between this episode and the last. It really does mean a lot, the support that people continue to show for this podcast. So thanks so much.